Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Hey, I know it's no longer the Advent season, but getting ready for the Lord's return isn't something that's just restricted to the Advent season. It's supposed to be something that's part of our daily life. We're supposed to be ready every day for the Lord's return. So the theme of today's talk is getting ready for the Lord's return. I'd like to bring out a few aspects of it that maybe we haven't thought about very much, but it's very relevant. First, I'd like to tell you that those of you who haven't yet gotten my little booklet called Join the Resistance, here's another opportunity. Just go to the website, renewalministries.net forward slash JTR, which are the initials of the title, Join the Resistance, and uh, we'll send it right out to you, free, uh, no cost. So just go to our website, renewalministries.net forward slash JTR, and we'll send you the booklet. You'll also find maybe a live link to it or the address again in the description under the podcast. Well, what does the Holy Word of God say about getting ready for the Lord's return? Quite a bit, as it turns out. Hebrews chapter 9, verses 27 to 28. Just as it is appointed that men die once and after death be judged, so Christ was offered up once to take away the sins of many, but he'll appear a second time, not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. Now, I don't know if you thought about this or not or noticed this before. Well, first of all, this is a text that rules out reincarnation. There's one life, there's one earthly death, and after that, the judgment just as appointed that men die once and after death be judged. So Christ was offered up once to take away the sins of many. He'll appear a second time not to take away sin, but to bring salvation to those who eagerly await him. We might add to bring the fullness of salvation to those who eagerly await him because we already experienced the first fruits, the down payments of salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of life in God. But the phrase I particularly like us to pay attention to is he's bringing the fullness of salvation to those who eagerly await him. Hmm. Now, quite honestly, my experience is that most Catholics, when they think about the return of the Lord, the final judgment, the end of the world, uh, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't understand it. They find it scary. And yet Jesus himself says, I think in Luke chapter 18 or 19, he says, when you see these things happen, when you see confusion amongst the nations, when you see confusion in the church, when you see uh, various signs of the Lord's return, the great apostasy, the 
taking away of all restraints on evil, the preaching of the gospel to the whole world, uh, Jerusalem no longer being trampled down by the Gentiles. When you see all these things start to happen, don't die of fright. In the, in the book of Revelation, it says when, when the Lord is about to return, there's going to be so many phenomena going on that some people are going to die from fright. So we don't want to be those who die from fright. We want to be those who live because of faith. So Jesus says, when you see all these things come to pass, look up in joy because your salvation is close at hand. So what does this all mean? This means a little bit like uh, Jesus said in one of his parables, you know, if you're being dragged to court by somebody, settle with them on the way. Otherwise, you don't know how the court decision is going to go. So right now, we need to reconcile with God so we become his friend. So when the Lord returns in glory as judge, our friend is coming to judge. So that means developing a friendship with the Lord and more than a friendship, developing a love for the Lord, de developing personal loyalty for the Lord. Now, it's very, very hard to eagerly desire the return of the Lord if we don't have a deep faith in him and a deep knowledge of his love and a deep confidence in the truthfulness of his promises, including the promise of those who believe in him, even though they die, won't die, but will live forever. Uh, confidence in the promise of eternal life, confidence that, that God will never take his love away from us, no matter whatever happens. And the only, the only danger to us on earth is removing ourselves from God's love, turning away from faith, turning away from trust, turning away from our real but imperfect obedience. So we don't have to be perfect to be loved by the Lord. In fact, the Lord loves us when we're extremely imperfect, but we have to kind of persevere in, in opening our hearts to him, persevere in making efforts to obey his word, uh, making efforts to grow in love and friendship with him. You know, at the end of the book of Revelation, it says, the spirit and the bride cry out with passion, come, Lord Jesus, come, inviting the bridegroom to come, inviting the, the wedding feast of the Lamb to begin. And it's very hard to sincerely cry out with the Holy Spirit, come, Lord Jesus, come, unless we are in right relationship with him, and more than right relationship with him, unless we're growing in holiness, more we're growing in love. Now, this isn't the only place in scripture where this is said. This is said many different ways, many different times. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says, From now on, a merited crown awaits me, and not just me, but on that day the Lord, just judge that he is, will award it to me, and not only to me, but to all who have looked for his appearing with eager longing. When you think about it logically, when you think about it even emotionally, there's evil in this world. There's suffering in this world. There's so many people in hospitals today. There's so many people in prisons today. There's so many people dying today without hope and without love, alone, abandoned. There's so many people that are giving into temptation today. There's so many people being oppressed by the devil today. There's so many people that are being abandoned by family and friends today. There's so many people that are experiencing horrible rejection and abuse today. 
We need that evil to be put down. We need full and complete healing, more than any healing that could ever take place through prayer today. We need the healing of the fullness of salvation. We need to long for the coming of the Lord to bring rescue to those who are being unjustly oppressed, to those who are being weighed down and persecuted, to those who are suffering, for those who have been rejected. We need the Lord to come and rescue his people. Okay, what else does scripture tell us we need to do to be ready for the Lord's return? Well, there's tremendously clear guidance in the scripture about this. And this is the last text. It's a long text I'm going to comment on. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to all the way to the end of... uh, 22, verse Thessalonians 5, the whole chapter up to 22, verse 22, but I'm just not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to pick out some things for you. As regards specific times and moments, brothers, we do not need to write you. You know very well that the day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. Mm-hmm. Now, that image is an image of shock of violation, of unwelcome surprise, of disruption. Uh, you know, one one day when we were living in Belgium for four years, uh, one day we were gone for a short period of time. We came back and we found our house ransacked. Somebody had broken into our house. And my wife particularly experienced as like a tremendous violation, like, whoa, somebody entered our our private place, our special family place, and and violated the sanctity of the home. And uh, it was really a strong and negative experience. And that's the image that Scripture is being using here. That's the image that the apostles are using. That's the image that Jesus is using. The day of the Lord is coming like a thief in the night. But there's an important distinction. The world as a whole will experience the coming of the Lord as a traumatic shock. But Christians are supposed to experience it as the day of rescue, as a day of joy, as a day where the promises of the Lord are fulfilled. So let's go on. Sure enough, in verse 4, continuing on, it says, You are not in the dark, brothers, that the day should catch you off guard like a thief. There it is. The world at large is going to experience the coming of the Lord as a traumatic shock. Whoa, the one whom we crucified was God. The one whom we crucified was the Savior. We rejected mercy. We hated God. That's a pretty traumatic experience. But for Christians, you are not in the dark, brothers, that the day should catch you off guard like a thief. No, all of you are children of light and of the day. We belong neither to the darkness nor to night. Therefore, let us not be asleep like the rest, but awake and sober. So, because we're living a righteous life, more or less, getting up when we fall, asking for forgiveness when we sin, because we're living in the light of God's word and the light of God's love, 
with the help of the sacraments and sacred scripture and the support of each other and the structures of the church, which are a tremendous support. But because we're living awake, because we're living attentive, uh, even if we doze off in our prayer time, we're trying to pray, because we're facing in God's direction, because we're trying to pay attention to him, we're awake, we're alive, we're in the light, we're not asleep like the rest. Now, when Jesus spoke about what it was going to be like when he returned, he said, it's going to be just like it was in the day of Noah, Matthew chapter 24. It says, just like in the days of Noah, people are going to be eating and drinking, uh, marrying and giving in marriage. And in other gospels, it says buying and selling right up into the day in which Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. That's an image of judgment. That's an image not only of a judgment that happened once in history in the days of Noah, that's an image of the final judgment. If people aren't awake, if people aren't paying attention to the Lord, they will be swept away. Like when like experience the trauma of the, the one they crucified returning, whom they rejected and who they continue to reject and continue to hate. So let us not be asleep like the rest, but awake and sober. We who live by day must be alert, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. How important it is to believe in the Lord. How important it is to believe in what he says. How important it is to believe sacred scripture. One of the things the devil's most doing today is taking away people's confidence and the inspiration and errancy of sacred scripture. I know I, I know I talk about this so often, but I'm so concerned if we let go of the revealed word of God, if we don't believe it as the church has for 2,000 years, if we don't believe it as it's expressed today in the catechism of the Catholic Church, we are cutting ourselves off from our lifeline. We're cutting ourselves off from our salvation. We are consigning ourselves to deception and illusion and creating a Jesus in our own image and making up our own religion because we think we know better than God. Whoa, how stupid is that? How foolish is that? And yet it's all around us. Comfort and upbuild one another. So the truth of the Lord's return for those who are waiting for him, is supposed to comfort us. You know, this, this oppression isn't going to go on forever. This woke culture isn't always going to be in control. This devil and this death and this sin is not going to have the upper hand forever because Jesus is returning. So be encouraged, brothers and sisters. Strengthen each other. Console one another that the Lord is coming back for his own the Lord is coming back to punish unrepented evil. The Lord is coming back to reward faithfulness and perseverance as imperfect as it is. Then it goes on to say, respect those among you whose task it is to exercise authority in the Lord and admonish you. So be in right relationship to, to, to authority. Be in a right relationship to the authority of God, the authority of Christ, the authority of the Holy Spirit, the authority of sacred scripture the authority of the teaching of the church, the authority of rightly appointed leaders in the church. 
you know, Jesus had a lot of bad things to say about the Pharisees, but he said, look, they're the, they're the legitimate authority. Uh, do what they say, not what they does. does. And, you know, and we have to respect those who are in authority, even if they're not doing a good job in admonishing us. How rare is it for church authority today to admonish anybody? About the only people being admonished today are conservatives. Crazy as it sounds. You can you can kind of spout heresy, you can deny the teaching of the church like cardinals and bishops are doing in, in Germany and in you know Luxembourg and in Holland and uh quite frankly, throughout Canada and the United States, there's bishops and priests who are very sympathetic to this uh infidelity, to this accommodating to the culture. But yet how little we hear from quote the sound bishops admonishing error, admonishing and correcting the sinner. It's it's sad. There's a terrible dereliction of responsibility here. But even so, we need to respect those who are the legitimate authorities in the church. Then it goes on to say, rejoice always. Never stop praying. I just did a video on this a little while ago. Uh, I think it's called, What is God's Will for You? So look it up, and, and you'll hear a lot more about what we do when we don't know God's will about this, that, or the other things, but what we do in the meantime, rejoice always, never stop praying, always give thanks. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And finally, do not stifle the spirit. Do not despise prophecy, but test everything, retain what is good, and avoid even the appearance of evil. You know, there's some stifling of the Holy Spirit going on today. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of how Pope Francis is handling uh, traditional liturgy in the church today. I think he's doing it heavy-handed, but I think he's making a point. Sometimes people hold on to forms from the past that are good forms, but as a way of protecting themselves from the insecurity of needing to hear the Lord today, not hearing the Lord in new doctrine, not hearing the Lord in any way that's not in harmony with the tradition, but hearing the Lord today, being inspired by the Holy Spirit today, being empowered for evangelization, not just evangelization towards a particular form of liturgy, but evangelization towards Christ, evangelization towards the church and all the legitimate forms of liturgy that it allows. So do not despise prophecy. The Lord wants to speak to us. He he doesn't leave us orphans. He wants to guide us. And he guides us certainly through the magisterium of the church and so, so importantly through sacred scripture and sacred tradition. But he also wants to be an active force in our daily life. He wants us to be uh, open to his inspirations and be in the right kind of relationship with people so that we can test them. And, and not be deluded by apparently thinking the Lord's saying something to us that he's not. But the Lord does say stuff to us. So test everything, retain what is good, and avoid even the appearance of evil. And like St. Paul says, put all foolish and unseemly and unclean speech out of your life. And, and don't, don't be foolish in your speaking. And, and we really need to, to do that. We need not to make inappropriate jokes or inappropriate conversation. Our, our, our speech has to be upbuilding 
uh, our speech has to be in the Lord. And that's a, that's a big challenge. You know, St. James says our tongue is hard to tame, but we need to ask the Lord to help us tame our tongue, to keep us from detraction, to keep us from slander, to keep us from inappropriate language and inappropriate speech. So how do we prepare for the Lord's return? By living a fervent Catholic life, a life of eagerness and longing for God, a life for daily prayer and attentiveness to the Lord, a life of putting on faith, hope, and love, a life on respecting amongst those who have authority in our midst, a life of encouraging and consoling one another. We're talking about relationships, and we need relationships today. It's very hard to keep our heads clear and our hearts at peace without the help of brothers and sisters who are living this way too. And so the rise of homeschooling, uh, Catholic radio, just all the ways in which people are being linked together today, all the, the sound podcasts and YouTube channels that are that are going on, and just all the ways in which uh, faithful priests and bishops are preaching the gospel. Uh, we need relationship. We need to have brothers and sisters in Christ that we can turn to, that can encourage us, that can admonish us when, when that's needed. We need to be open to the Holy Spirit. We need to be living in joy in the midst of darkness, living in joy in the midst of combat, living in joy in the midst of conflict. So when you see these things happen, as Jesus says, if you've been living this kind of Catholic life, uh, alert to the Lord in relationship with each other, open to the Holy Spirit, properly submitted to authority, to the real Jesus, to his real word, look up in joy because your salvation is coming. Your friend, the judge, is coming. He loves you, and he's just so eager to welcome you into his Father's house. Amen. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. If you are enjoying this podcast, we invite you to help us spread the word by leaving us a rating or review, following or subscribing to this podcast, or sharing on social media. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.